Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr. and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron and you get this whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. This week I'm sitting down with my dear friend Tracy. Beloved friends and tolerated acquaintances, enjoy this episode. Hi there. Hi. (laughs) Okay, so for um for the people who may not know. Um, you, you are a satellite hairdresser. Is that the correct terminology for it? For yes, what you do? Actually, um, I call myself a satellite hairdresser and then it's kind of extended into, um, I'm a satellite. Like I, um, circulate around amazing people. So I'm kind of like a satellite around all of this activity that's happening you know, so it's like just having a really good view of some very interesting people. So, so what, what is a satellite hairdresser? Like, ex- explain that for people like me well, and people who may okay. not know. Okay, well, I kind of made that name up myself, but um, when the whole panorama started, uh, I was one of the, I walked into my hair salon and I realized we were going to have to close and everyone was having a party. It was a Saturday, like, you know, Saturdays at hairdressers. It's a, it's a thing. Donuts, coffee, mimosas. And I was like, okay, we're having like a serious issue here. I think what we need to do as hairdressers is pack up packages of hair color, et cetera. And like, a lot of, we had a lot of antibacterial stuff because, you know, that's what we do and hand it out to our customers instead of keeping them coming in. So that's what I was doing. I took Ziplocs and I just like set up all my clients that I knew going forward for the next couple of weeks. And I left because I realized they weren't taking it seriously. So what I would do is, um, drop off at my clients' houses, like their hair color. And then I would zoom, you know, like FaceTime with them on how to do it, how to mix it. And along with that, giving them um, barbicide so they could like make their own hand sanitizers and stuff like that. So it kind of started that way. Okay. So you really, that's really cool that like you adapted what you do to fit the never ending possible. Yeah. Because that's what a hairdresser does. It's like, we're part psychologist, part friend, part, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's really cool that, you know, you saw, you saw an opportunity to like, because a lot of people during the pandemic suffered uh, like hardcore depression and, you know, just kind of quit taking care of themselves. And yeah, you stepped in and we're like, you know, we're going to 
keep everybody uplifted. And that's, that's really awesome. Well, and I don't, I don't want to like make myself sound like I'm this amazing person. I just, because it benefited me as well as much as the person. So um, I would find like um, frontline workers that I did their hair, like nurses. I lived right by two major hospitals and a lot of them, I did their hair. So I was like, oh, you know what? I bet you need some coffee. So I would buy all these coffee beans from this local shop that I know here. And the guy went, said to me, he was delivering them because, so, you know, that's when we were really in quarantine. And he's like, Tracy, like, why are you buying $300 worth of coffee beans? I'm like, I'm passing it out to you along with hair color, passing out some coffee beans to nurses and stuff. And he was like, well, let's coordinate together and order and I'll give you all of that for free. So that was amazing. Bear Coast Coffee in San Clemente and Dana Point. Um, and so I would deliver burritos, coffee, hair color, and then I made hand wipes. I like started, it was kind of like, I have ADHD. I have all, all the things. And so it helped me if I had a job to do that day, I was like on this day, like five people need this. And it kept me very occupied. And it was a, a two-way street, you know? That's really awesome. You, I can talk for 500 years, so you just need to, like, shut me up. <laughs> um, a lot of people thought I was kind of crazy. So let's just go into that. Like, a lot of hairdressers were upset at me because I was doing that, because they would... Uh, I would go on the forums and I could see like Venmo is public unless you make it private. And I saw that a lot of hairdressers were doing hair anyway, like in person, which I disagreed with completely because we have a responsibility to, you know, take this seriously. So I didn't, I lost a lot of friends in that way. Like, I would say instead of making money in person, like try to do something virtually, which we have all of the technology to do it. But I also found out the value of what I know as a hairdresser is not really easily translatable to people. You know what I mean? And that guy's hair that I would do, because I did a lot of men, I would say like, grow it out, like do the lion thing. I'll give you the products to make you look good or buy a hat, like, you know, just, <laughs> so it was like <laughs> therapy in both ways, like put a hat on it, like, or let your curls go crazy or just, you know. Um, so it kind of turned into a whole thing for me of delivering stuff and still having connection because I am definitely the suffering for me is that I love to touch people and be connected in that way. So this is just a new way to do it, you know? Um, and then quickly I found out that Orange County is like a, um, it's a very beautiful facade and right under the surface was a lot of ugliness and so like the minute I would see someone I knew in the ugly land I call it <laughs> like just I was like whoop 
no more hair color for you. Like I started cutting people off back in April, May, June. And um, I got a lot of flack for that. But to me, it's important to like surround yourself with like-minded people and not try to try to like assimilate yourself into that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's super important um, to set boundaries and that's setting boundaries is a big part of self-care. So yeah, yeah. I, to- I totally get that. I had to cut off my son who does not believe in the va- I mean, he talking to him is like talking to uh, someone I don't know anymore. I don't know him anymore. And um, I as try as I might to, to understand how he thinks now it's so I, I can't talk to him because it's not good for either one of us, you know? Um, so I found this like community in TikTok. So like, the first thing I would do in the morning, especially during the, when I found you, I was like, I'm going to get emotional. Sorry. I was like, wow. You know, I went to beauty school in the seventies and the eighties. And that was like the beginning of people being able to come out. And I started beauty school late seventies. And then I had to stop for a while to go to work and then come back to it. And when I came back, the same people that I started with were ending. Right. Yeah. So to make a long story short, all of these guys that I started beauty school with were now um, trans, like they were transitioning into what they really were, because in the hair industry, it's a safe space for the most part, you know? And so I was like, I walked in, I'm like, what? This is amazing. So like, um, me being the curious person I've always been, I got to go to breakfast with all of these young guys that uh, were coming up, and it was just remarkable. And um, to be able to be um, a part of that, like, and be invited in, let's just say, to the breakfast club. It was pretty much that of how like some, you know, a young guy named Rex came from Ohio, the sweetest guy. And he reminded me of him and he came out in beauty school and that was his only safe place because at home it wasn't safe for him, but he could be as whatever he wanted to be in beauty school. And so we were the safe space. And let me tell you on Halloween, down Brand Boulevard in Glendale, they would have a parade. And I would sit there in amazement at, okay, I'm a woman. I take it for granted. I'm a white woman, all the privilege. And these men would dress up and sashay down Brand Boulevard. Like it was like a gay pride parade. Like, in miniature style in front of our beauty school. And, you know, let's just say I just had a great appreciation for that. And so that translated always to where when I would do young people's hair, I could recognize um, that there there was something different about them. They were having a struggle or a 
identity, like, you know what I mean? And then their parents are these like orange county. And so I would explain to the parent, like letting your child have self-expression is really important. Not like stepping over the line of being, you know, you can't tell someone how to raise their child, but just saying that if you let them express themselves, when they turn 18, they won't come unraveled and just completely go insane, you know? So this one mom said to me, well, my son wants blue hair. And I was like, pulled out like a watercolor thing and I let him draw and paint what he wanted. And he was carrying a unicorn backpack. I mean, the, the child is, he's like eight years old and i was like this child is absolutely he, he was born this way this is it and she was like so relieved that i understood that so every time i did his hair it was a beautiful sight to see him his mom be able to come to terms with it's still your child and sorry and it's a beautiful thing you have to celebrate what your kid is like most people have children they think they're making duplications of themselves but they're not they're making a whole individual and it's you have to let them have freedom you're only there to keep them safe feed them and steer them in the direction that you see that they need to go to make them a happy individual so and then i had moms come to me and go my son i think he's gay and i'm like yeah she goes, but I just can't deal with it. I just can't handle it. And I said, well, that's a you thing. Like you need to like read up on it. Like Google is free. Talk to people that are in the same situation as you. It's not a shameful thing. You didn't make him gay. You didn't make him want to be, you know, transgender or, you know, any of that. So that was, that's the beauty of being a hairdresser for me. I know that was a long, whew, no periods, commas, just poof, but that's no, it me. was perfect. It was perfect. Um, so I'm going to actually jump around a little bit. Um, yes, perfect. Because um, what you just said, um, talking about uh, people being who they want to be and all that. Um, I've got a question from a listener. Uh, it's from uh, Fourth Old on Twitter. And he wants to know, uh, is there any sort of like adjacently logical reason as to why someone like Caitlyn Jenner or anyone in a relatively similar self-identifying demographic would support Trump? I don't know if that's a question or if it's a statement or Caitlyn Jenner to me is such a, a ball of hypocrisy and I mean her head inside of her head just must be a tornado and I, I don't know if I'm kind of answering the question, but um, I feel like 
maybe narrow down the question a little bit. Let's go this way. Um, okay. What is it that you feel like makes Republican women support the former guy? Um, you know what? I have no idea. Um, I can't wrap my head around it. When I found out that one of my clients was at the insurrection, um, I knew her for years and I just don't, it's like this weird idolization of a man that I think they all want to kind of be with in some weird, twisted way, like pick me. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. I don't, I, I, I absolutely have no, I, I've had many conversations with a friend of, well, actually a friend, a very good friend of mine, and I would follow her child's um, likes on Twitters and Instagram, and she liked all this Trump stuff, and this girl is like 12, and I said, do you realize that your daughter is like following Trump, like, and likes everything he does? But then I would look at other stuff and it, she didn't like any of it. So she wasn't liking everything. She was liking Trump specific. And I was like, I feel like you're raising someone to idolize this kind of really scary man. And so I don't know. That is a very good question. Um, for Caitlyn Jenner, it's so bizarre to me that that she is in, in his gravitational, like he he does not like people like her, and he hates people like her, and he endangers their lives. It, it's it's you know, I don't know if I answered the question. I. I just, I don't have an answer. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it, that's a hard one to pin down because, you know, I just like, I can't speak to why like a gay person would support Donald Trump because I can't, I can't put my head there because that's, it becomes mm -hmm. one of those things that I'm like, that's just like, that's, that's a bridge too far. I think it's an inner conflict that person like if you support somebody that hates everything about you i there's something wrong with you and i think it's it's clear to me that a lot of people are suffering mental illness that follow continue to praise this this man that hates just about everybody you know unless you are i don't know Oof, i don't know that's well, that's a question they're going to be studying for centuries. <laughs> well, and I think I think you 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 touched on it uh, in your answer because it's it's that pick me mentality. They feel like you know they'll be the exception to his hatred. Yeah, I I think I think that that is definitely part of it, and I don't I don't understand. And that as a person that I, as I call myself a satellite, I don't like to be a part of anything. I like to be a part of many things. And um, I mean, my son, for instance, he said to me, well, now that your president is here, you're Biden, like 
and this is really, I'm telling you this to be honest, because it's hit me right in my family. Um, like, so now you get to bow down to Biden. And I was like, I don't idolize politicians. Like, you know what I mean? I don't idolize them. And I cannot understand why a woman, let's say, um, and most of these women, Trump wouldn't even um, give the time of day to, let's just say. You know, my sister, who was raised in the South, she went out for The Apprentice at the very, very, very beginning when it was him and the other woman, the blonde woman in the suit. I don't remember her name. And my sister made it through all of the stages because she was very witty, very bright, very funny, and a businesswoman. And he actually said to her, you're 20 pounds too heavy. You're great. Go lose some weight. True story. Um, and my sister has passed since during COVID. But uh, that's her story to tell. But it's a true story. And um, so, oh, my daughter just walked in. Um, so he, he was that way all the way back then. He yeah, was like the people. Can't be surprised <laughs> by that. Like it's, that's, that's very on brand been, for him. My sister would have been brilliant on that show. I mean, as far as how funny she was and how amazingly a fantastic businesswoman, you know? And so that's not what he wanted you know, and uh, I saw it for myself through her. So while we're on the subject of yeah. Republicans, um, you kind of live in the heart of where the recall started. What are your what are your thoughts on that? OK, well, I actually did some research for this because before all of this, I wasn't a political. I didn't understand politics. It's so complicated and you've taught me so much rc dubs has taught me so much um gavin newsom i think has done a really good job aside from what many people say like the homeless and all these things but um it's full-on republican rich people that want him out and that's very apparent. Um, you don't see a, a beat up Prius driving down the street saying recall Gavin Newsom. You see the Porsche and that's a fact. And um, I think there's a lot of, we have a lot of uh, insurrection people here that have the money that were there. Three of them were just arrested. I mean, and they're out like partying like rock stars now, but um, I, okay. So I looked into who is running against him and number one is Angelina. Are you familiar with her? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, she, <laughs> in the eighties, my girlfriend, a friend of mine, well, we went to Buscalia, we would drive around Hollywood looking for her pink Corvette. And she was like a musician and she had these billboards and nobody knew who, why she was so famous. But she was famous for being this bombshell. 
Okay, so she's running against him. It's hilarious. Um, that's just another way of getting, being relevant. John Cox, I mean, Republican money, ran against him before, lost. Um, Larry Elder, I mean, that. <laughs> um, Mary Carey, a porn star. Uh, let's see. She runs. All in, she runs in a lot of like every time there's some kind of special special election, she pops up, doesn't she? Yeah, I, she does, and I think it's just for to be relevant. Caitlyn Jenner, when I've watched her speak, okay, and let me just preface it by saying the way they treated her, and on your last pod, podcast you spoke about it, the way they treated her at CPAC was disgusting. I mean, she is a woman period, end of story. And that's as far as I'll defend her. Everything else, she's very wealthy. She lives, you know, in the most beautiful spot in California. She should just stay on her little mountain there in Malibu and just do a reality show. Just, I mean, she wants to get rid of the homelessness by just hiding them somewhere. Um. My sister lives right, right in the heart of LA where all the, you know, like right on the valley there where all the homeless tents are. And it's like fascinating to drive by because they've made their own city, their own community. And as, as, you know, kind of scary it is for us who live in a home and we get, you know, and our creature comforts, these people have made a society for themselves. And I understand like the people that say, well, let's just get them and move them into housing. I would definitely be um, nervous about it too, if I was them. Like, where are they sending them? Like, is this a safe space? Is it safer than where we are sitting here on the boulevard and under the bridges and stuff, you know? So, I guess Gavin Newsom just did this whole um, the largest state recovery plan. Uh, so I, I hope that the homeless situation, however it goes, you know, it's across the country. So, but when they would let people out of the hospitals, out of the, um, the drug, there's a lot of, um, uh, drug rehab centers around here they just let them out on the street in Orange County and the next thing you know you wouldn't see them they they would just pick them up and move them so no one here has to see that you know so out of sight out of mind no one's trying to really help them you know yeah I mean like I was sitting at the beach one day during all of this and well it's still going on and I saw this this um he was a black man digging through trash at the beach and um i was like damn i just came here to have some onion rings and kind of like stay away from everybody but i cannot enjoy these onion rings so i went up and um i said hey if you wait here like a few minutes i will be right back okay and he was like he he wasn't talkative he wasn't interested in talking to me um and I like flew to El Pollo Loco and bought like all the food I could and came back. 
and brought it to him. And then I sat there and ate my cold onion rings thinking, you know what? This is how people need to be. Like, I'm not going to, I can't enjoy myself knowing someone is suffering right there. And if, if, if everyone did that just a little bit more, just a little bit, it's just so, and I'm not saying I'm a great person. I'm saying that I feel like I'm trying to start a ripple amongst people I know to just do the tiniest act of kindness, you know, tiniest, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. But as far as Gavin Newsom, my friend just sent me this and it's hilarious. (laughs) I love that. My very first bobblehead ever. (laughs) For everybody listening, it's a Gavin Newsom. She's got a Gavin Newsom bobblehead. I mean, mean, the hair on it is perfect. And yeah, it's like the whole, like they call him hair gel. I mean, they call him all these horrible names here, but you know what? I find him personally, he, every time he smiles, I'm like, okay, California's going to be okay. And that sounds really ridiculous, but that's like the. No, 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 like he's, he's, that's, he's quite a handsome man. Like yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's got to be the most good looking governor in America. Like, yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. And when he smiles, I just feel like he does care. Okay. So he goes to the French laundry and the whole universe freaked out. Okay. I've eaten at the French laundry. I was lucky enough to eat there. Um, but look what the, what everyone else was doing. And he apologized actually, and did better and realized that that was just like a really bad thing to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but if that's like the worst thing you can say about him, okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And Nancy Pelosi, I have an opinion on that. I think that was a total setup by the hair salon. Totally. You know, I, I agree. Uh, I, because I'm on like a lot of hairdresser forums and it was like an opportunity for that, that salon and that, you know, and should she have done it? Should she have just had him come to her house? Maybe, possibly. Yes. That would have been a better idea. Um, but you know, that's what I thought. The minute I saw that, I thought, Oof. If you enjoyed part one of this episode, be sure to stick around for part two. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.